Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Like a drunk tiefling falling off the spine of the world. Coming to you from the West Cabin. Welcome to Dice and Pipes uh, for the week of February 17th, 2020. 2020. Oh, good. You're in, 2020. The, right, you're in the right year. Ish. Uh, I'm Brian. Hi, Chris. What's up? I, I don't know why, but female tieflings I view as being whores. So tieflings like to take their names as, I think, like adjectives. I think that's like the famous thing with tieflings. Whore. So, like, I always wanted to have a very sultry tiefling named Desire. They're like stripper Ooh. names. Yeah. All right. So then that fits into <laughs> what the mental image that I've created about tieflings. And I don't know why, because I don't know anything about tieflings. All I can all I can say is, whenever I think of tieflings, I think of those weird aliens from Star Wars with the big tendrils that come out of their heads. Even though that's not what tieflings look like. That's what I picture. Oh, like Jabba the Hutt's bitch? Yeah. That dude? No, yes. that's Six Flags. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I just spilled all my fucking tobacco all <laughs> What happened? What an idiot. This follow, is just going to be a bad experience. Go ahead. Follow us on the Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, apparently. We're getting there. Where we donate money to... We don't. Well, our namesake <laughs> donates to people who are not long for this world. Wowie. Uh, got to pull the band-aid off. Listen, you got to have a sense of humor. You know, like, uh, let's talk about uh, the last few days. We made a tribute episode to... Uh, Please. Matches 860. Thank you. And... Uh, what was his real name? John. Okay. See? You got it. Continue. And Marshall. it was a beautiful... No, not John Marshall. <laughs> Marston. Oh, John Marston. Yes, nailed it. Even though, yes, didn't he did die. He did. Got the tuberculosis. No, that was Arthur Morgan. I'm sure they all got tuberculosis back then. That's true. You know. Lunger. <laughs> uh, listen, we have a certain sense of humor. And Don Rickles once said... Either everything is funny or nothing is funny. Mm. So uh, the Briar Report retweeted our uh, matches episode, and I was I, I've been checking incessantly to see if he blocked us at some point, and he didn't. So he must not have listened, which is probably for the best. Um, but boy, mm-hmm. let's just let's just call a spade a spade, shall we? Uh, we went. 
and looked at several pipe enthusiasts. Uh, wow, we're starting off early. You see, on Dyson pipes, when you fuck up a word, especially on the D&D side, you're going to roll 1d20. That's going to determine whether or not you drink. So anything over 10, Brian is saved. 16. All right, good. You're not drinking. Uh, Rubbing your eyes real hard. <laughs> real fucking I hard. Start, I didn't want to start off this way. I'm upset with myself. Why? For flubbing a word this early in. Oh, your failure to grasp the English language? Correct. Okay, I gotcha. Correct. Uh, so we, we watched several videos wow. uh, on the YouTube uh, that belong to various members of the mm-hmm. YouTube pipe community. Why don't you use the uh, the actual way that they reference themselves? That's how they reference themselves. No, I don't think they say that. I don't think they say, oh, hey, sorry, YouTube pipers. So, and these channels were terrible. Let's just, they were so bad, in fact, that mm-hmm. we've been kicking around the idea of our debut in the YouTube pipe community by poking fun at all of these self-aggrandizing people. Yeah, that's fair. Well, look, it's funny because now the question is, who is worse? Dude, I've never done that ever. Now all of a sudden today, I've done it four fucking times. Oh, you've got like the stand-up bass, and I've got like the Cliff Burton <laughs> Well, I went to YouTube. I saw some shitty channels. They talk about pipes. I hope they all die. (laughs) You are no Bo Diddley. You're there, though. Bo Deedle. No, not Bo Diddle. The guy who does the Arby's commercials that used to be a uh, cop? He was a cop. I didn't realize he did Arby's commercials, but no, I don't think he 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 sings. Hey, we got the meats. Oh dear lord! <laughs> what I wanted to say was, uh, last week you poked fun at the lack of uh, of of microphones and microphone etiquette in D and D podcasts, but people on YouTube, part of the YTPC, as you love to hear, um, I, I think they they suffer from the same affliction. I, I, no, I'm the one who's suffering. Well, uh, we're all suffering if your ears listen to that. But my point is, like, if you're going to, if, whatever, dude, if you think that you have great content and you need to get it out there, feel free. I mean, we're not the the judge, jury, and executioner of content. But please, please, for the love of fucking everything in the world, like, can you just even invest in a shitty $30, just get some microphone, not the microphone that's on your laptop. That That's all we're asking. And I think that's all anybody is asking. Because I think, what is it? It's it's harder to listen. If you had to compare audio versus video, I'd much rather have shitty video and great audio than vice versa. Right. And you know what they say. Uh-huh. One in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, they, yes, they do say that. I just don't, I don't know how that's tied to this. How, what's, what's the symbology? The what? The symbology. The symbolism? Symbolism. That people should know what movie that's from. I. You got me. Boondock Saints. You never saw Boondock Saints? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, what's the symbology? And he's like, symbolism. To the guy who kills the cat. 
No, 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 no. This was William Defoe with the fucking phony cops up in Boston that don't know how to use their words. So how many channels do you think we randomly selected off of the uh, Briar Reports website? Seven. About seven. How many of those seven do you think were actually quality YouTube channels? None. Zero. One of them was actually funny, though. The, uh, going on there, Mike, and fuck me ass. Oh, that dude was fucking awesome. I don't even know what the hell he was saying. No, but he, was, he just, was funny. Yeah, he was just sitting in like a basement with his camera pointed <laughs> at him, but right over him was this super bright light, so you couldn't even see what the fuck was going on in the video. And he was Skyping friends of his, <laughs> and they weren't even tied into the audio of the show. They were just getting picked up by some random microphone that sounded like they were 100 yards away on a computer. You couldn't understand what the fuck was. And he was just laughing and just talking in fucking Orkney. Or Cockney. Cockney. Orkney. What the fuck is wrong with me? They weren't from Orkney. I'm going to roll for that. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. 17. Ugh. She rolled a 20. Uh, you did it terrible. And yeah. I, I think we need to make a stand. I don't know what it is in my DNA where I cannot abide by the phrase live and let live. I refuse. You refuse. You yeah. just can't let it go. No. They've now become a thorn in your side. A, that a, entire community. An enemy of the state. They're an, and you're the state. Yes. You're the nanny state. They're your enemy. Right. Mostly nanny. I've you're their that. nanny. I've seen those kinds of videos before. You're into that. Like yeah. granny porn. Right. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. Um, they're terrible. So is this tobacco? No, oh, let's get into it. Uh, I am finishing up this one cue because I think I'm going to have to scrap this tin. It is so dry. And uh, I am smoking this in my Barasini church warden. And uh, what are we drinking? I haven't even tried this yet. Oof. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I just threw up in my mouth. Uh, this is uh, the Four Roses small batch. Uh, right, it's better than five, but or better than three, but not as good as five. Is that? A- that I think that's what we uh, we figured out the other day. And this is a scotch. No, 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 no. This is a bourbon. Bourbon. This is a bourbon. Let me excuse me. Ooh, that's nice. That is nice. And it's a shame that I have it paired to such f- fucking horrible tobacco. Which is? I don't even want to say it. Oh, we're refusing to say what you're smoking. Yeah, dude, I don't want to put this out there. It's All that right. bad. So I am smoking some year-old 1Q. <laughs> and it's probably better than this shit, and which is a shame because I'm sure that there are people out here that, that like this tobacco. All right, so this is, the, uh, this is the joint venture between Cornell and Deal and Warped, the cigar company. Um, I think they're up to three different tobaccos that they've put out. This is the King Stride, and... Th- this one is also bad. I've yet to like either. What was the first one? The Haunted or the Haunting? Wicked. Or no, that's the name of the company. The Haunting. Yes. Warped. Warped is the company. And it's wicked bad. And it's wicked bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking wicked bad. Um, yeah, dude. This one. Uh, when we were recording the D and D gameplay earlier today, I was smoking Cloud Hopper. That was shitty. And now again, I'm smoking uh, King Stride. Don't like it. I love the pipe. I have my little regimental bulldog, but yeah, tobacco is terrible. The tin notes are even a little suspect. Dude, it's weird because it has cigar leaf in it, and I enjoy a good cigar, but 
What? Did I just say that out loud? We don't we don't smoke cigars. Next thing you know, you're gonna be telling me you smoke cigarettes. No, fuck that. I have a dick. No, I don't know what that has anything to do with anything. As you suck off a fucking robo stick. <laughs> <sighs> so disappointed. So disappointed. Anyway, this this tobacco is bad. Um, which doesn't mean that that everybody wouldn't enjoy it. So I think what we should end up doing is uh, stay tuned. Maybe coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do another giveaway. Hey, there you go. I think I have four more tins. Four more tins. Yeah, I think I have two each. I I can't remember if we ordered three or two each of the King Stride are and they, the Cloud Hopper. Are they limited edition? Oh, yeah. You can't get these anymore. Who is that guy in QVC? Limited edition. Sounds like Macho Man. No, it's not Macho. Oh, yeah. Tony Little. The cream of the crop. Who who was on Q? Who watches QVC? Not now. I don't think our target audience is like eighty year old ladies. <laughs> back in what I like to call the uh, day. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, back QVC the day. had a guy that spoke like Macho Man Randy Savage. Limited edition. Regardless, uh, I am smoking one year old one Q. Each Q is for a year, so one Q. And you are smoking either Cloud Hopper or King Stride. We haven't exactly determined, but it doesn't matter because they're both shit. They're both terrible. Th- no, no, no. This is King Stride. I I know which one I'm smoking. And to be honest, I think this is a little bit better than the Cloud Hopper, but I, I still think they're bad. It smells like dog shit. Yes. Does it taste the way it smells? I don't know. This shit gives me a headache. All right. You know, like when... um. Back in the day when you were a teenager and you were desperate and you'd come across like a stale cigarette. Yeah. And then you'd smoke it and be so ground. fucking dry, yeah. be off the ground. You're like a homeless person. Right. You pick up a fucking half-smoked bud off the ground and you'll smoke that. And just after a while, it just gives you this fucking raging headache. Like that's what I'm getting from these two tobaccos. Probably the AIDS. So you think. Cigarette. So my tobacco is infused with AIDS. That's, what, that's what's going on here. You, you might have the coronavirus. Which is great because the day that we're shit-talking the YouTube pipe community, people are going to call me a pussy for not being able to handle tobacco. Yeah, this is this guy complaining about a headache. And to that, I say, go fuck yourself. G-F-Y. G- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah G-F-Y. GTFO. G- okay. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, speaking of which. What? Let's we have we have a great gameplay session lined up. Mm-hmm. We have like nine hours of D and D in the bank, so whatever gameplay is going, it's anyone's guess. But it's all good. It's all high level, high end, high speed D and D. Yes, we may be setting the bar for D and D. Okay, and I don't think we've had a combat encounter in months. <laughs> but regardless. It's coming. Yeah, we're getting there. It's The buildup is there. Yeah. Especially after what we just recorded today. It's like Jiffy Pop. Right now, it's starting to get bigger and yes. bigger on top of your stove. Eventually, that motherfucker's going to burn and you're going to throw it out. But before we get to the burnt Jiffy Pop, mm-hmm. I would love nothing more than to propose a toast. Today's toast goes out to internet trolls. Not the trolls themselves, the people trolling 
the phrase internet troll. So you don't have an issue with the people who are trolls? No. You just have a phrase with them being called internet trolls? Correct. Why? Because really what they are are just people with sarcasm. And they're just throwing a little jab out there, a little joke out there, and then watching the whole world go nuts. And then you got people coming, go feed the trolls. You know who's a fucking troll? Who's Us. That? We're Us. trolls. Like Dyson Pipes. Right. We're trolls. As an entity, we're trolls. But really what we're doing is just being sarcastic, joking around, and trying to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, but everybody in the world today is too sensitive. Very sensitive. Yeah. And now you have this entire, like this cancel culture. So God forbid you critique something or someone. Mm. That's it. You have to be banned, excommunicated. Forever. 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 No, there is no forgiveness. Uh. And it's funny because for a group of people that want to run around and punch Nazis in the face, yes, you make a, a side sideways comment on on social media, mm-hmm. it's all over. Big meltdown. Yeah. Then they dox you, and then they what? They, they dox you. No, they're not docking. Not penis to penis. No, that that would be docking. That's what you said. They're doxing. No, I said they dox you. What does that mean? Dox is. Like you piss somebody off online, so then research is done on the on the um, the uh, the pussy bitch who was offended by you. <laughs> and what they do is they uncover where you live, mm. and they get your phone number, and then they publish they publish that information online. That's called doxing. So like you piss me off, so instead of being a fucking adult and saying, look, dude, I don't appreciate the way that you're talking to me, or just finding it funny and moving on because- Or just keep scrolling. Yeah, or ignore it. No, what these fucking jerk-offs do is they go balls deep and they do a little research and they find out where you live and now you get hate mail and random crazies show up to your house and they find out your phone number and people call you and leave you messages to die. Which it, nothing would make me happier than for somebody to find out our phone number and send hate mail to us that we can then just read on the air yes. and shit on them. Yes. Please send all of your hate mail yes. to Barry. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, DysonPipes at gmail.com. Speaking of which, Barry, uh, otherwise known as The Fugitive, has come out of hiding. He's here today. So I saw him out there a little while ago. Yeah, I saw him, but notice how he hasn't spoken to us. No, he hasn't. He did get the mail for us, though. Or, well, he... Greeted the mail carrier. Yeah, yeah. The Russian mailman lady. I got a package, by the way. What'd you get? I got a new grill cover. What happened to the old grill cover? I never got one because I I have a, uh, a fancy Weber. And it is I, very bougie. I refuse to pay like $200 for a grill cover. On so. like a $1,000 grill. Yeah. That's 1200 bucks already. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. That's like a fifth of the price of the grill. You and imagine all the all the money I spend on food when I have to cook it. Yeah, that's crazy. So what, what, what did you get the cover? Like, what what did you get the cover? What Did you buy the cover present? No, where did you get the cover? And what sort of cover is it? Is it a Weber cover? Yeah, I'll roll. <laughs> fucking <laughs> motherfucker. 16. Motor chode. Motor chode. Uh, I got it as a gift because it may or may not be... My birthday. It's your birthday? Birthday. When's your birthday? It's soon. When is it? You got to tell for the listeners. That way they can send presents. I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. I was born on the same day as General George Washington. Really? 
Okay. He was a racist slave owner. And so am I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, internet trolls. Yes. So, the term aggravates you. Well, so what if they came up with a different term? There doesn't Yeah. You're very frustrated about this. Fuck. I don't think fuck is on the die. Eight. Oh, okay. Hey, guys, I got an eight. <laughs> uh, if they came up with another term, why do we need a term for people just being sarcastic? How about this? How about you just deal with it? Yeah, because everybody wants to put everybody else in some sort of, they, they want to label everybody. I don't so, fit in a box. But that's That's very manly and adult of you. I spread my wings. Everybody fits in a box. And those people just happen to get called internet trolls. Which I don't agree with. I think it's fucking retarded. And like you said, dude, just fucking deal with the criticism and move on. Obviously, not everybody is going to agree with your opinion. So right. when somebody like calls you out on something that they don't agree with, like there's no point in kicking and screaming like a little girl. Right. Uh, nothing I find funnier than... Like, I belong to a couple of uh, video game, uh, like, Facebook groups. And so randomly, a guy will just put in a picture of Trump giving a thumbs up or just standing behind a podium, ju just a still image of Trump. Yeah. And it just it becomes a dumpster fire. Yes. Uh, like, I don't get it. Dude, and it holds true for any candidate. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a picture of Bernie, right? Bernie is surging right now, and people are very, very upset by that. Why? Right? Why? Because people who who disagree with Bernie consider him either a socialist or a communist. So people are very sensitive about it, right? He's not the pick by the establishment Democrats. So people get very, very upset. They're very emotionally charged. So there's a lot of hate and and animosity animosity towards Bernie. Almost the same that happened and continues to happen with Trump. And you know what? He's just a like a kooky old guy. Like, leave him alone. Yeah, whatever. He's got he's got he's got ideas that a lot of people agree with and a lot of people disagree with. And that's the whole point of politics. That's why we vote. You right. know? But to sit there and fucking scream and and bitch and moan. And again, if I'm the person that puts that post out and I see somebody starts to like belabor the point that they don't like whatever it is that I post whether it's political or not, dude, just fucking move on if you're too sensitive. Or here's an idea. Don't go on social media. For the longest time, as long as I can remember going all the way back to like, uh, what was that first one? IRQ? There was like an original, it was before AOL instant messaging. It was right as dial-up was big and people started going online and going into chat rooms where like the like pedophiles really fucking preyed on people. <laughs> where they Those flourished. Days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where they were left unchecked. I remember, dude, that's where trolling truly began. Like, people would talk so much shit. If it wasn't A slash S slash L, it was people talking shit to other people. So this has been since the dawn of man, people upset with somebody's opinion about something and talking shit. So the idea of a troll has been around forever. Now it's just a matter of learning to deal with it. And somehow, as a society, we've gotten so fucking soft that if somebody questions what we believe in, 
it's just instant rage. As a man who lives in a perpetually rage-filled state, yes. I, I can't necessarily knock that because I'm always angry. Always. You're so hate-filled. I'm like, uh, who's the the Incredible Hulk? Steve Bannon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Scott Shannon? Steve Bannon. Scott Shannon. That's who it is. The boat movie. <laughs> Look at the boat movie. Uh, yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. And then what? What I love is when somebody posts something funny or irritating or whatever, and it generates this tremendous reaction. And then somebody just slips in and goes, "Don't feed the troll." I'd like to feed you to an alligator or a crocodile. Either way. Either way. It would be a slow, painful death. Reminds me of, speaking of death, Faces of Death. I can't remember what which What a great one. series of movies. Oh, it was awesome. But rem- did you ever see the one where the guy is parachuting and he grossly overshoots his target and lands in the fucking uh, swamp filled with alligators and they shred him alive? Nice. It was great. They what made- was the deal with Faces of Death? <laughs> faces of Death. I want to believe 15 that it was fake you think so I I, I truly want to believe that it was fake but there was some gross shit on there like I remember the one bit where the guy was uh, he was working on his car he had the car jacked up and um, the jack failed and his he had the tire removed and so the rotor was exposed. I, I don't know if he was doing a brake job or a tire rotation. I have no idea. Um, but the rotor was exposed and the fucking jack fails and falls right on his knee and it turned his fucking knee into like spaghetti. Ooh. And it looked fucking real. Yeah. Remember that website, or- Orkish? Orgish? Orgish? Orkish? Orgish? Something like that? No. It was basically faces of death, but like on a website and you would just st- scroll through pictures of, of yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remembered a different website. I want to say it was called Rotten or some weird shit where it would show you like these fucking, these assholes from the Middle East like beheading people. Yeah. You know, or like people getting shot or autopsy photos, stuff like that. Now, can you imagine the people who were sensitive online now if they saw something like that? They'd fucking, they'd lose their minds. <laughs> lose their minds. I always enjoyed uh, stickdeath.com. What was that? Another one of these like, uh, like compilation No, websites? it was a, uh, series of flash games they would play on your browser where you played as a stick figure doing okay. horrible things to other stick figures. Horrible things? Yeah, like beating them to death or stabbing them or shooting them. Or oh, whatever. Stickdeath.com. You think it's still... R.I.P. It's it's not around anymore? I don't think flash games are around anymore. That sucks. Yeah. They were fun. Anyway. So, to, uh, to the trolls. Here, here. And make sure you hit them with fire so they don't regrow. That's what we should do. Wait. If you see a troll online, burn him. <laughs> Wait. If, so if I saw a troll and shot him, he would come back to life? Yeah, they regenerate. Yeah, unless you're using incendiary rounds. So they're like werewolves. Uh, where you have to specifically use silver to kill them. Well, so, you, can, you can kill a troll with anything, but they're susceptible to fire. Oh, okay. I think they can regrow limbs and stuff. I would have to double check the... Monster manual. This is fascinating. Yes. I don't know if that applies to online trolls, but we can look into it for you. I you, mean, as not you, but you, the Well, listener. we could dox people. We have all the ingredients. Dox a troll. Dox a troll. And give then, it to a troll hunter. 
troll hunter goes to his house, uh-huh. burns him alive. To test the theory for us. Either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm down. We'll do that. The roof. The roof. Oh, Jesus. The roof is on fire. We don't need no one but the motherfucking me. Me, 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 me. Let's play D. Ah, boy. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. All right. We're in. Uh, so you've entered the uh, western gate of Port Anchor. Port Anchor is situated in the southeast peninsula of uh, Debrin. And I believe this is the first city that you've come into contact with that's an oceanfront city. Uh, yeah, you did go right. to Swamp's Edge, but you didn't really explore Swamp's Edge that much. No, I think that was like a quick little hit, right? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> Port Anchor is sprawling. It's it's a metropolis. Um, it's one of the larger cities in Debrin. It's usually in the same conversation as like the Imperial Capital. Imperial Capital is probably four Port Anchors, but for mainland Debrin, it's one of the largest cities. Now, in relation to Facebuyer, how much, how much more impressive or how much larger would Port Anchor be? Uh, that depends on your perception. So, Facebuyer is very much um, small, v- not necessarily small in acreage, but small farming communities, small low stack houses. The tallest buildings you'll find in Facebuyer are maybe only two or three stories tall. Okay. Very, um, almost like the Shire, very whimsical, uh, winding roads, mm. and very in tune with nature. Their their calling card is the gorge, and they built the entire town around the focal point of this gorge, uh, Keska Gorge. So in modern times, this would be something equivalent to, let's say, like an Amish community out in Pennsylvania. Perfect. Yeah, okay. windmills. Right. Like I said, very whimsical. This is industrious. Um, it has its own style of beauty, but it, again, that's kind of in the eye of the beholder. You can see like a thick smog hanging over certain portions of the city. Uh, as you enter and you're in kind of like the old town, uh, the original town, it's very squat buildings. And one thing that hits you right off the bat is the smell of salt in the air. Uh, the buildings are all wind-battered, salt-battered, so like it's a lot of like peeling paint, mm-hmm. like that gray, off-white, tan-brown color of like peeled-away paint, almost like birch trees. Very peeled and... Uh, I don't want to say dilapidated, but worn. Uh, the city has several districts. On the south... Uh, west side of the city is the Hot Iron District, and that is where you're going to find all of your blacksmiths, uh, leather workers, um, refineries, and that's the area of the city that has a lot of smog and and smoke hanging in the air. Across the the main street from that, 
on the northwest side, you have Red Bog, which is bordered by the slums. And the slums are exactly what you think. It's like a ghetto. It's mud streets. They're, they're not bothered to pave them. The houses are more improvised rather than built. Kind of sparsely spread apart. Uh, no real stores to speak of. And Red Bog kind of draws them in with a lot of gambling dens, pit fighting, brothels. Uh, it's where you're going to find a lot of your vices. Cutting through the center of the city, almost the center of the city, is Foam Row. And Foam Row is a picture like Main Street America. Uh, lots of bars, inns, taverns, uh, arcades, casinos. It's where all the nightlife is. Going east from Foam Row, on the southeast side, you have where the upper echelon of the city live. You have Upper Coast and Gold Coast. Upper Coast is where you start seeing high-rise buildings and they're multifamily, high-density residential areas, but they're very nice. They're very well-kept, gated communities, that kind of thing. The Gold Coast, which borders the water, only has maybe sub 100 residents, but each resident has a tremendous mansion. Mansions the size of what you're used to seeing is like city halls. Okay. So you would picture like the, the main installation for Hexley. That might be a, a house in the Gold Coast. And then bordering Gold Coast and Upper Coast on the northeast side is the Grey Wharf and the Harbor District. And that is... Again, lots of high-rise buildings, high-density commercial zones, um, imports, exports, and it's a main trading hub for most of the east coast of Debrin, uh, with some long-term ships circumnavigating the southern edge of Debrin going over to the west side. And this is where a lot of the exports, if you picture like Northridge, Northridge sends a tremendous amount of materials north across Lake Debrin to the Imperial Capital, but they also send an incredible amount of goods through the mountains the same way that you went, heading toward Port Anchor to export it to especially places like up north where they may not have a lot of woodlands um, because Northridge's main export is timber because of the Black Hollow Timberlands. So they, they furnish a lot of the timber for the rest of the continent from Northridge. The people walking around, the last time you were in a big metropolis was the Imperial Capital. And the, these people were uh, Renaissance people, very finely dressed, lots of top hats, uh, refined citizenry. This is the opposite. These are very dirty, grease monkey kind of people. Um, really just getting in the mud and the muck to get to get by uh, kids running around in the street maybe only wearing diapers you know for younger kids or maybe just in sh uh, like short pants uh, jumping in dirty puddles playing stickball that kind of thing uh, as you walk around as you breach this entry gate and you just kind of listen to the conversations people seem very have you ever heard like uh, like British people talk about the refined English and then like cockney right it's very Cockney-like. Okay. So this is more blue-collar. Exactly. I see. Uh, as you enter the city, 
you do notice right off the bat, there are several Thunder Force installations, substations, headquarters kind of stations, barracks, uh, Thunder Force marching around, Thunder Force carriages, and something you haven't seen before are paddy wagons. Uh, it's heavily policed, but not overbearing. It's policed appropriate for the area. Right. So it's safe to assume that through uh, <clears throat> um, Harrison's initial impression of this city would be, at least as he walks in, as he sees like Thunder Force guard posts and stuff like that, that before he actually starts to like go deep into the city, this... Um, like the old town, red bog, slums portion. There's a there's the amount of crime that one would believe would exist in a depressed area of a city. Yes. Right? Okay. So nothing stands out. It's not like um it's not like look, this is a rundown shitty part of town, but there's no police presence. Like what right. the fuck is going on here? Okay. <laughs> It's not. It, it goes both ways. It's not. Remember when you returned to Northridge after your first mission, and it was just like an overwhelming, oppressive, Thunder Force right. presence. It's not like that either. It, it's appropriate, but like the slums. Not that you've navigated your way there necessarily, but the slums would be the kind of place where they will go when they're called, and if they're not I called, see. like, whatever, right. Let, leave them to their devices. Uh, it's a blight that exists, and it only gets dealt with. Correct. If they're needed. Correct. Okay. So Harrison's impression of this place or what he's known of this place would obviously be um, any interactions he's had with people, traders as he was working at the, the port in Northridge. Yes. Yep. So he's heard stories about the place. Oh, yeah. You but, know you know of it. Right. But nothing remarkable. Right. Right. I think like you wouldn't know where Janet's coin shop is. Right. But you you've heard of Foam Row. Foam Row is probably one of the more famous locales of this city. So you've probably heard, especially like sailors coming from Lake Debrin, either eavesdropping or talking to you, telling wild tales of their nights in Foam Row. Uh, you've probably heard of the the underbelly of Red Bog, you know. 50 gold can get you an entire night's entertainment and entertainment could mean a great many things. Right. Uh, you've probably heard rumors and innuendo about the mansions of Gold Coast. So you do have a general knowledge. It, okay. It's kind of like somebody in, in Montana how much they know about New York City. Right, if they've never been there before. Right. Okay. And without the internet. More like word of mouth. Correct. Okay. So the overall sense that Harrison gets as he walks into the city is that it's not, like you had mentioned, it's not as refined or, or proper as the imperial capital. Right. Okay. His first order of business, as he kind of walks around and takes in the sights, obviously, if, if we remember, he's here, he's going after the uh, the people responsible for the bridge collapse at right. the Bastille um, or explosion. Harrison wants to find a tailor. Okay. Uh, he, in his mind, I think he's starting to get nervous. He's he's moving around. He doesn't. He, he understands that he is like a justice on behalf of the imperial capital, but it's not something that he wants to continuously flaunt, especially now knowing that Alexanderson is is kind of, you know, getting involved more than Harrison would like for him to get involved, and eventually he's worried that his consistent throwing around of this weight. Right, this justice seer title is 
going to make it easier for Alexanderson to kind of follow him along. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to find a tailor. I want to get nothing bougie. Because the other thing is he, he you know, acquires this new, um, you know, this chest piece. It's got this ornate device that's clicking into... Right. So are you looking for something to, like, hide or something that can blend with this to make it look like... Uh, what am I trying to say? Are you trying to, like... Get, not necessarily this, but are you trying to get like a cloak to just throw over everything and you're just, you blend it with the crowd or are you looking for somebody to tailor clothes for the parts of your garments that are sans special armor to make it all kind of flow as one outfit? More so the latter. Okay. So something to accompany what he's already wearing that would somehow, you know, I can secure to it, but I, I want something that I can bring across my chest that almost what's that item like a brooch you, yes. you know what I'm saying that would go across and at least hide uh, the armor but not something that's too cumbersome because obviously you know um, you know he wants to be able to remain sneaky so he doesn't want to okay so as you're entering the town maybe you'll find a random business or something that's on the side of the road and, and inquire uh, yeah so if I'm entering and it's um, you know on my left is like red bog and, and old town and to my right is like the hot iron if I see that on the right there's you know blacksmiths and leather workers um, you know I his initial impression is not so much blacksmith but more leather worker I see all right so <clears throat> as you're as you're kind of meandering your way through the city and there's map depots you've gotten a map of the city um, you end up finding uh, this establishment called the Kissing Star. Mm. And in the front window, you can see uh, three mannequins. One mannequin has uh, is just empty, except for gauntlets on its arm. Uh, leather gauntlets with like rings for this, the... Uh, just like to secure it together. Uh, you can see another full suit of like plate mail. Uh, and then the third mannequin has maybe some combination of both. Maybe a metal helmet, maybe some leather pauldrons, a cape. Uh, so they're displaying kind of everything that they're able to do. What was the name of the place? I'm sorry, Kissing Store? Yes. All right, Harrison will step inside. I picture him, he. I picture him being very relaxed. Right, kind of coming into this place. Obviously, he's on a mission to murder people, but like I, I picture him being very relaxed. Uh, the one thing, also after after this, um, that I think was lost, and obviously it's not something that he had done when he was in Facebuyer, but at some point in Port Anchor, he needs to acquire a pipe and some tobacco. Okay. Uh. So when you walk into the establishment, again, on the inside, there are display cases, maybe like waist high, uh, that just show certain fabrics or raw leathers, um, ores, ingots, maybe some completed pieces of armor. Uh, you can see mannequins along the edge walls around the perimeter showcasing different kinds of clothing, leather, same, same kind of... Uh, design it all has a very distinct look to it like the guy it, it's almost like a tattoo artist right like mm. some tattoo artists really focus in on like that asian 
with like the fish and the crazy eyes and right. shit like that. And some guys do like tribal tattoos. Mm. They have their own signature look. And this guy clearly has the same kind of. Dis- he, he loves rings. Uh, it's not like obnoxious, but you can see that for fastening mechanisms rather than belts, he'll use rings. And it kind of like makes his armor stand out. And uh, this dwarf kind of comes from around the corner from the back, kind of pulls a curtain aside when he hears you enter. And uh, pretty plainly dressed. He's wearing a blacksmith's apron covered in soot. And uh, his face is all dark and greasy. And he's wearing one monocle, but it has like a like a protrusion out of it so he can really look closely at something. Uh, a monocular, I think it's called. And uh, he's kind of wiping his hands on a rag as he approaches you. Uh, good morning, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, good morning. Um, and as he comes out to greet me, I'm still kind of walking around the, the shop, just taking a look at the different styles of I mean the armor not so much but more again like like the cloaks or okay you know more uh garments that would be used to to cover right like like yeah. a duster I'm thinking <clears throat> so I'll stop and I I turn to him and I say um hey good morning um I I'm I'm wondering do you do custom pieces Oh, of course, love custom stuff. What, what do you? What in particular are you looking for? So I recently, uh, good fortune. Um, I recently came into this uh, this family heirloom. It's this nice chess piece that I have on, and and these beautiful gloves. And I'm 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 trying to have something done where it can be more. Um, where it kind of blends together. I see, and it's not as showy. Well, I guess the first question I ask is, how are we going to proceed forward with literally no dice anywhere on the table? (laughs) Holy shit. That's a very good point. I was just about to roll something for him. Driving to work with no clothes on. Okay. I like that. While you're getting your dice organized. So you basically explain to him, uh, because I'll be honest, I was slightly distracted with the dice situation. Uh, You explain to him that you recently acquired this couple pieces of armor and you're looking for a cloak or something that would kind of match with it. Am I understanding that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So in in a way that it can conceal... uh, it can conceal these items uh, if I so choose to have them concealed. Okay. There you are, son of a bitch. The four? No, the six. Like, with uh. blend- just so many six-sided die in here. <laughs> fucking just blending in. Dude, eight-sided die are fucking dangerous weapons. Yes. You're so pointy. I believe that's a four-sided dice. I know what a four-sided is. That's equally pointy. But so is the eight. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. It's like a caltrop. <laughs> Fucking running away from people. How's your uh, temperature level? I'm probably at a cool 98.6 degrees. Should I turn the fan off? Oh, you mean as far as temperature in the yeah. West Coast? I thought you meant like my body temperature. Yeah, you could turn the fan off. 
I am concerned about your body temperature. Well, that, that's what I thought. That's where I thought you were going with that. So, uh, All right, so this dwarf uh, is kind of nodding as you're explaining everything. And while you're talking, he kind of reaches back with his stubby little right arm and he grabs a step stool. And as you're talking and he's nodding, he's dragging the step stool forward and he climbs up on top of it and he grabs your shoulder pad and pulls it towards his little monocular. Mm -hmm. And now he's looking at it. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, that's what I thought. Yes, thank you. This must have cost a fortune. Like a family heirloom. I'm not quite sure how much it costs. Oh, well, yeah, I can certainly uh, help you with this. Uh, you're looking to conceal this beauty? My my business sometimes takes me into some very nefarious places. Listen, mister. I'm not interested in helping anyone who's involved with these fires. It's, it's not you, right? Fires? No. What fires? All the fires that have been set around here lately. Within Port Anchor? Yeah. No, this is my first time here. All right, because you're saying things like hiding and nefarious. I want to make sure I'm not helping a criminal. No. Do do I look like a criminal to you? What do criminals look like? Well, you're making the assumption that I might be setting these fires. I'm just making sure. I run a respectable business here, mister. I could see, and you have some beautiful wares. And he kind of perks up again. Ah, oh, thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. Uh, I didn't catch your name. Oh, Harrison. And you are? Uh, my name is... I, oh, I don't have my glasses. Hold on. <laughs> but you're wearing a monocle. Monocle. Monocular. Yes, that's, that's I mean. it. Uh, Lomrear. Lomrear Woodland. Well, I noticed before you were admiring uh, this piece over here, and he points to uh, this one cloak in particular, uh, the one that you were looking at when he first walked out. Nothing special about it. It's just the one that you happened to be looking at when he came out. Uh... Is that all you need? Is just some kind of cloak to cover up these pieces? Uh, absolutely. A, a simple piece. Nothing too ornate. I see what you're doing. You have the very ornate armor, and you want something plain to kind of offset it. We call that an asymmetrical beauty. That, that's a great idea. I think it'll work perfectly. What color are you looking at? Uh, something dark. Ah, okay. I was trying to get a picture in my head. Uh, cloth? Cloth, maybe leather. Something easy to clean in my journeys. Mm. Well, let me uh, let me show you this over here. And he kind of hops off the step stool and waddles over to one of his display cases. And he grabs a big ring of keys. And he kind of lip, 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 thumbing through the keys. And he gets the right one, pops it open. And he pulls out this roll. Uh, this is uh, finely pounded suede. Uh, great suede. It's actually sheepskin. It, it comes from some of the farms over in Dragon Watch. Very nice. Very easy to clean. How does that do if you get caught out in the rain? Oh, it's fine. I can put a protectant on it. We'll put maybe a fur over the shoulders so the water will drip off. Uh, but you, you know, hand washing, so it's going to get wet. Uh, but I would recommend the first time you wear it, uh, the first time it rains, to hang it up after the rain and let it naturally shrink slightly. Right, uh, right. Obviously, I'll make it a little bigger than it needs to be, so that way during the first rain, it'll shrink up perfectly. If you don't hang it after the first rain, it could crack, and that would void the warranty. How long is the warranty? Lifetime. Lifetime well, warranty? my lifetime. Oh, of course. Fur. What, what kind of fur? Again, I said nothing too ornate. I don't want to stand out, and fur to me kind of... 
I would think some people would, would assume that one has money if they're wearing furs. No, no, not fox fur or anything like that. Maybe a, a nice, uh, like, pelt, like a deer pelt or maybe a, a bear pelt. Ooh, bear. Bear sounds nice. All right. Uh, well, um, how long do you want it? All right, side note here. Let me ask you this. If I... So let's say I get a cloak or whatever, right? And I have this bag of holding. I can take the cloak. It would fit inside of the bag of holding. Yep. Okay. Um, Assuming you could roll it up to the size of the opening. Well, you wouldn't be able to fit like a horse inside. Uh, of, it. of course. Of course. Okay. But I'm assuming, I mean, if he's going to make it out of cloth, it should be able to, to bundle up. Okay. Now let's, let's go with this. How big is the opening of the bag? Because now that's going to have to be a very important factor. I would say it's like one by one inch. <laughs> um, Sir, you need to be able to make this cloak and it folds into the size of a yodel. <laughs> I could stuff it in the bag. I am picturing in my in my mind's eye, I'm picturing um, almost like uh, one of those like 5'11 rush packs. Like a like a bug out bag size. Oh, okay. So a decent size opening. It's like a travel bag, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So now Harrison would turn to him and say, uh, I would prefer something long, three-quarter length, maybe down to my, my calf, but I need to be able to to roll it up and, and put it in a rucksack. Of so course. Nothing too cumbersome. Yeah. No, that wouldn't be a problem at all. Okay. I see you use a lot of rings. No, that that's how you cinch things together? How's that work? So I, uh, I use uh, leather straps. Uh, imagine a belt buckle and... You have the one piece of leather that goes through the buckle, and then the prong of the buckle goes through a hole. Rather than that, I use a system of three uh, leather straps that tie around the edge of each ring with one loose end on either end. And as you pull each loose end, it tightens everything together. And because it's a ring shape, the tension holds it in place. And then all you got to do is pull the ring and lift the ring, and it loosens. And stays flat to the body. Yes. Okay. I would prefer if you were to have that design uh, and the rings were maybe going down from the breast to one's midsection, if that could be done on the right side of the piece. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I could even do it if you want, just one large ring, either on the inside or the outside, so that way you don't have to deal with several rings. We would just have one. You would tighten it as you need it, mm. and when it gets to the desired tightness, you're fine. Uh, or we could do multiple rings, and you could tighten certain areas. Yeah, that seems to be best. I like the idea of multiple rings. Okay. Very good. Uh, well, do you have any other questions, or do you want me to get started? No, let's get started. If anything comes up, I'll make sure to ask. Great. All right. Uh, first, I want to take some measurements. Mm -hmm. So he grabs that little stool again, and he starts taking measurements. And as he's, he's just kind of giving you small talk, you know, how's the weather? Or where have you come from? You know, just nonsense. Just right, right. passing the time as he's measuring your legs, your chest. Does anybody else walk in? No. Okay. Does it look by giving like a, a quick glance around the stuff that he has on, on mannequins and items that are being displayed, do they look dusty? Okay, so everything, this looks like a like a 
top notch. The guy runs like a he. I would I would classify him as a boutique. So like when people come to him, it is for this very purpose, very custom stuff. Okay. Uh, so he finishes taking your measurements and he's kind of jotting them down. All right, uh, if you wouldn't mind, may I remove this armor? I would like to measure the armor just by itself. No, I think we can get a, a firm grasp of the measurements while it's on me. By the way, uh, what, what's your rate? Uh, well, it's going to be, uh, let's see. Uh, he's doing some math you know, based on how much materials I'm using uh, as a rough estimate because I am going to need to remove that armor at some point. Uh, but based on just this rough estimate, we're looking at like 80, maybe 100 gold. Well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, let's, let's work on the assumption that... Um the item that you'll be crafting, this this custom piece, will only be used while this armor is on, and uh, I won't be wearing the cloak while the armor is off. The only time that this is coming off is when I go to sleep, and I don't, I don't plan on sleeping here, so the armor's not coming off. Uh, number two, we're, we're, I think we're going to have to do something a little better on that price. 100 gold, huh? That's fairly steep. I th- no, I said 80 to 100. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll even need 80, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Continue to take your measurements. Go ahead and do whatever you feel necessary. Well, hold, hold on here. Uh, I don't want to be abrasive, but uh, if you don't have the money, I'm. we should probably nail that down first. Oh, I didn't say that I didn't have the money. All right, so let, let's... And, and no disrespect. Your, 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 your work here looks beautiful. I think um, you have a right to charge what it is that, that you want to charge, but as the consumer... I have a right to say what it is that I feel as though I want to pay. But again, we will come to an agreement here. I will be I will be leaving your store with uh, with this work of yours. And I can trust that it will be the finest work. You, like I said, your, your, your work here is amazing. All right. right? I, I would think it's fair by like looking around the store. The, the pieces are... This guy's no bullshit. Right. But uh, give me an insight check. 21. Okay. You can tell by the way he's conducting himself as far as price goes that he feels like he's giving you a bargain at 100 Oh. So he continues his uh, measurements. Now, uh, is, is there any reason why you don't want to take the armor off? I mean, I won't even touch it. You could take it off. I just want to get interior measurements of of the undersides of this armor so I have a place to fasten uh, the the quick release straps. I promise I'm not going to steal it. I'm a very reputable business. Oh, I can see that you are. You, you You have a dressing room? Yes, of course. Show me the way, please. So he brings you back to where he came from through that little curtain. There's uh, a little series of like three stalls, basically, closed off by curtains. Okay. So I step inside and I shut the curtain. And I I think I already know the answer to this. I just kind of sit down and I'm like, I make an attempt. to. Obviously, I'm not taking the gloves off. I know those don't come off, but I never tried with the armor. So I try to see if I can actually take the armor off. You actually did try. Oh, I did try. Yeah. When the fuck did I try? Oh, it was after I came up out of the water? It was before. You tried putting your scuba suit back on and realized it wouldn't fit with the shoulder pads. 
So that's when you tried taking the shoulder pads off. No, which don't come off. Right. And now this is real awkward because now we are in the dressing room. Yeah, no, and now I'm trying to think <laughs> of an excuse as to what I could say when I come out. All right, so I, I pull the curtain back. And, uh, you know, I'll step back outside into uh, where he was taking his measurements. Lemire, you said, right? Yes. My apologies. I, I, I tried. I did not. It's, it's really none of your business. It's more of a personal thing for me. I, I'm afraid I can't take them off. Give, I, give me a deception check. Seven. So he's kind of eyeballing you a little bit. And uh, he's like, all right. Um, well, where are you staying? I'll, uh, I'll let you know when, when the measurements are, are done and I have a draft ready. Can I do an insight roll to see if I... But to me, I feel like something is off with this guy. Like, it, does he want to know where I'm staying because he thinks I'm fucking strange and now he's going to send somebody to where I am? Or You can give me an insight. Yeah. A role that I feel like you always forget about. So yeah. this is good. This is nice. Yeah. 13. With a 13, the only thing you get is that he's not being honest about something. Okay. You're not sure what. Right. Uh Well, Lemire, I'm um I'm new to Port Anchor. I haven't actually uh secured a room yet. Can you recommend one? And then perhaps that's Uh when you leave my shop, uh, if you go down Red Way, you'll eventually get back to the main street. If you make a right a little bit down the ways, you'll come to Foam Row. Uh, that's where a lot of the inns are. Mm. Uh, really, any of them. You can't go wrong. Okay. But listen, uh, it's been great. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, and, of course, you know, if you need anything, uh, please don't hesitate to come back. Otherwise, uh, you know, when you get a place, let me know, and I'll, 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 I'll send the the measurements when they're ready. Very good. Turn around and leave. Yeah, I don't think I'll be going back there. <laughs> Something's not right. All right, I, I, I obviously I make my way out of his shop, and um, <clears throat> I will actually head towards uh, Foam Row. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I think I'm going to. Um... Now, would you stop and talk to any Thunder Force at all? Or no. Are we pretending like I am just Joe Blow? Yeah. Yeah. I think this. Um... The, the idea of, of Alexanderson being out there is, is making Harrison kind of nervous. I don't know why. I don't know why he's so nervous about this guy, but he just he wants no interaction with him whatsoever. He doesn't want anybody to be able to report back that. I was where I am. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, yeah, he's almost uh, he's undercover. Okay. Uh, give me a perception check while you're walking. Oh. 
<laughs> I rolled a 12. I did not see whatever it is that I should possibly be able to say. <laughs> I rolled an 8. Uh, I would say an 8 does it. Uh, just as you're walking, you hear bells kind of go off to your right. Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood behind you to the right. And you can see smoke rising. Right, I'm going to find myself heading in that direction. Okay. So Harrison starts to think maybe the smoke rising has to do with these fires that Lemire was talking about. So Harrison will start. Yeah, he's, he's going to make his way over there. All right. Uh, as you meander your way through the streets, maybe you make a right when you should have made a left. It takes you a little bit to get there. But by the time you get there, you see... Oh, by the way, I just want to point out that as I walk through this town, <clears throat> I'm I'm keeping my eye open for any just bizarre sort of like trinket shop like I came across the last time with oh, the Zoblob shop. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh so as you breach this next larger street, uh you see some building uh with a small fire, it's starting to kind of creep through the windows, and there's several people there with buckets of water, throwing the buckets of water onto the building. And about the same time you arrive, a detachment of Thunder Force arrives, and they start kind of calling shots on the scene. And uh, luckily, after a brief moment, they kind of get this fire under control, and they eventually put it out. Okay. So Harrison is watching from a distance. You know, I'm not like right up in it. Right. Going, what happened here? Um, I'm not even going to ask any questions to anybody. I, just more of an observation. I'll <clears throat> uh, just kind of hang back and just observe people. See if anybody looks suspicious. Anybody kind of scurrying away. Anybody staring a little bit too hard. Uh, give me investigation. Fourteen. Uh, you don't notice anyone particularly suspicious, but you do overhear uh, a man and a woman saying next to each other, and the woman is a little shaken up, and while you can't make out the details of the conversation, the gist of it is you do notice that she mentions something about how the fires are starting to get out of control, and the man claim some kind of conspiracy in that every time there's a fire the owners of these businesses or the owners of the houses the owners never turn up and he thinks there's some kind of insurance scam kind of a thing going on so she's kind of nervous about crime he's skeptical about the intent fraud. behind the fire okay yeah. is the gist of the conversation that you hear okay so the fire is put out. For all intents and purposes, yeah. So Harrison will continue on his way. Okay. And we are going to the foam row? Correct. Now, would you be looking for an elegant place, a cheap place, or maybe like More a like bar with a bed in it? Well, not elegant. And not slummy. Okay. You know, so... So we're not looking for the Waldorf, but we're also not looking for the Red Roof Inn. Right, right, right. Man, more like a... Super 8. Yeah, like a Super 8. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as you're kind of meandering around, you come across the the uh, the innocent water. 
Uh, it is, I would say, like one block off of the main street of Foam Row. It's, uh, it's brick, so it's not as wind-battered and kind of disheveled looking as a lot of the other buildings in the area. Uh, it's two stories, and it does have like a terrace that kind of loops around the top portion. Okay. Yeah, Harrison will go inside. I take it it's a typical setup. They have a bar, and um, or is it solely? Um, is it solely like a like a motel type setup? Yeah, it's it's a tavern with an upper level of beds. Okay. Like one step above a bed and breakfast right. kind of a thing. All uh, right, so Harrison will go in. He'll order a drink. All right, there are. slightly above average number of people in here. So maybe like three quarters of the bar is full and maybe a handful of tables are occupied. So it's it's fairly busy for like the middle of the day. Okay. He'll find a like an open spot at the bar. Okay. You did find gold, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I think in the bag there was like 200 gold. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Because I was going to play this game all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know. I know. I think I might be too nice to you. What do you mean? i giving you gold. Oh, you know. Blowing you up on a bridge. <laughs> you're, you're almost <laughs> eaten by a fucking cannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very nice. <laughs> very nice. Very gentle soul. You're as innocent as the water of the sin. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Um... All right, so I'll I'll cozy up to the bar and I'll wait until the uh, like a barmaid comes over. All right, so while you're uh, sitting there waiting, uh, the inside has a very large fireplace. Uh, while the fire isn't going right now, because we're getting into like mid spring, mm. so it's not really too hot outside. Uh, but there is in like the opposite corner, uh, like a wood burning stove that's going to just kind of keep the temperature a little comfortable um, behind the bar. It's one of those like island bars mm. right in the middle of the room and all the glasses are kind of hanging from like racks above the bar. There's bottles of various alcohols. Uh, it's the kind of place that it doesn't necessarily have like sawdust on the floor, but it also doesn't have carpeting. It's kind of in the middle. Uh, lots of stuffed animal heads for decor. Mm. Maybe some old uh, farming or um, forestry gear hanging on the walls. Kind of like a Friday's almost look. A TGI Fridays, by the way. Of course. And eventually, uh, this kind of heavier set uh, human woman comes up to you. Uh, oh, what are you having? An ale. You have chicken? Take a chicken leg. Sure, sure. Yeah, we have uh, rosemary grilled chicken. It's delicious. I'll take one of those. Uh, ale, light or dark? Dark. Sure. So she goes behind a like a like a keg, uh, like this big wooden barrel, and opens the tap, and some dark foamy liquid comes out. And you hear kind of whisper something to like a bar back or uh, a waiter of some kind, and they kind of go off into the back room of this establishment. And she puts the glass in front of you, and 
Unless you say anything after some time. No, that's all. Okay. The chicken shows up. And the chicken is... Mm-hmm. hmm Raw. <laughs> Not raw. Uh, a little tough. Stringy. Maybe okay. overcooked a little bit. All right. But something that kind of... Like, the quality of the food seems to fit. It's mediocre. Everything about this place is mediocre. Okay. All right, whatever. So, I eat it. It's just something to fill the stomach. And, um... Uh, the next time the uh, the barmaid comes over, I'll just kind of throw my hand up to, you know, get her attention. Gameplay session. Welcome back to Dice Pipes. Uh, before we get out of here, I would just like to say that I have been playing Blasphemous on the PS4 machine. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of fun. It's a uh, a side-scroller, like 16-bit-looking game in which you play as the Pentatent One, and he is on a mission by God, I believe, to suffer. He's like the Blues Brothers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, rapidly trying to remember a Blues Brothers song. Not happening. Yeah, I don't know any of their songs either. Fuck. I really wasn't a big fan of the movie. I'm a fan of the the combo, the comedians, but was it John Belushi and uh, Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a fan of the combination mm-hmm. of Reese Witherspoon and she is hilarious. Nelson Judd, what one of the greatest comedians of all time, Nelson Judd. Yes, I don't think they've ever been together. Anymore. No, I don't think so either. But what a great combo they would be! Oh, it would be great. I prefer Cary Grant and Ashley Judd. Mm, see, I prefer mm-hmm. Hugh Grant. Okay, and Judd Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, so yeah, you you play as this uh, character that must be punished in service of the Lord and uh, it is horribly violent and dark and dreary and miserable and hard as balls. Really? It's hard? Yeah. I'm going to have to get this game. You said you got it on sale, right? It was kind of cheap? Yeah, it was like 15 bucks. (laughs) Fuck you! Why are you such a fucking asshole? You're like, you're stammering over there. 12, dickface. Shit. I saw it too. I got excited. (sighs) Oh boy. Okay. So, so you you think this is a game worth buying? If people are out there, they're listening, and they need a recommendation for a new I, cheap side-scrolling sixteen-bit game. This is this gets the Dyson Pipes seal of approval. Okay. By me. Care of. Care of. Dyson Pipes. All right, I'm in. I'm gonna buy the game. So, to uh, the penitent one. He's a dirty motherfucker. He really is. Just filling his mask with blood, putting it back on over his head. <laughs> to Judd Apatow. Uh, not that funny. Is he supposed to be funny? Who the fuck is Judd Apatow? <laughs> I don't know. Judge Appetite. To Judge Dredd. Nah, he's great. funny. He's a funny motherfucker. <laughs> 
two uh, faces of death. Still can't tell if it's real or fake. I'm going. I, I want to believe it's real. Yeah. If you believe in magic, and I know you do, you'll always have a friend wearing big red shoes. Tune in next week when my toast is about Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that one down. Yeah, write that down. That should be a good one. Two dice. And pipes. <laughs> <laughs>